Hello. Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of the L Scale Podcast. The L Scale Podcast. I'm Jessica. I'm Danica. And we are both forensic scientists. We're working in the field of crime scene investigations and latent print comparisons. Yeah, we're basically the millennials right now in the lab. We're pretty badass. <laughs> I would have to agree. No, I do saying. have to agree. I'm just saying. Hashtag just saying. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Hashtag truth. Yes, exactly. Well, our topic for today is going to be something quite simple, but I feel, well, we both actually feel that it's really relevant. Um, we want to talk about expectations versus reality yes. when it comes to CSI or just forensic science in general. Oh, absolutely. Like, so the kind of where this whole idea came from is like, I mean, we both grew up watching crime scene type shows, like whether it's forensic files or, um, CSI or something, some iteration of those types of shows. And, um, as you may or may not be aware of, uh, there is such a thing called the CSI effect. Yeah. And basically what the CSI effect is in, in, in brief is the public's perception of what forensics is and what forensic science and crime scene investigation is due to the media portrayal of it in shows such as CSI, um, the original Vegas version. And then of course there's all the spinoffs. You have CSI New York, CSI Miami. There's now CSI Cyber. I don't know if yeah. that's even still on. Is that still on? It could have been I canceled. don't know. I didn't even know there was CSI Cyber. Oh yeah, that started <laughs> up in like 2015. I don't even remember what happened with that. But um, of course then you have... NCIS yeah. and Bones. NCIS I mean, there's LA. even Law and Order. It spills over, like you know, into like Law and Order. Yeah, um, and I don't know what else. Quincy, Emmy, back in the day. Yeah. Um, Criminal Minds. I love Criminal Minds. I don't know. I'm I know it's a so blank unrealistic. Right but yeah, it's just it's it's basically because of these shows and how. The there was there was such a an uprising in these shows and the popularity of these shows, and you know it it was used for entertainment and it still is entertaining, but that kind of caused a certain perception of what we do as professionals, right? And it's actually while there is still some accuracies, it's yeah, a lot of it is drama and a lot of it is for entertainment, right. so. It's not accurate. Right. Um, so we kind of wanted to clear up some of those... Misconceptions. Yes, exactly. A lot of it is just exaggerations. And, you know, it's there's obviously... They're obviously based in truth because they have to base it in something. But, you know, the truth and the reality of, of what we do isn't as glamorous as they show <laughs> it on TV. You know, oh, it's like... Yes. So, like, one of the things that you probably often see on CSI is, like, you know, when, like... Warwick or Catherine or like any of them roll out they look freaking amazing and it's like two in the morning and they're in these like makeup makeup hair done hair heels heel yeah in Catherine's case she always has a fancy blouse on with you know a nice blazer over it and her heels and her hair is down. Yeah. And you know, like Warwick and Nick, they're in their button ups with their jeans or some sort of like nicer pants with nicer shoes. Yeah. Um, that's not the reality. Yeah. Like I have no, <laughs> we are sweaty. It's gross. We're gross. Or we look like the Michelin man because it's so cold outside. Yeah. Um, you're layered and up. we have boots on you know, it's it's not glamorous the yeah. way it's portrayed on TV. I mean, there's like a couple episodes when, you know, they're shown in like the desert or whatever. And you it's mean like when Nick got buried. Oh, well, yeah, that. <laughs> Accurate. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully that never happens in real life. But well, I meant yeah. like how he was dirty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> that, I mean, I look I look dirty after I'm done processing. I for look Prince. fucking disgusting. <laughs> and I did not get buried alive. I know. Right. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah. Hopefully that never happens. Yeah. No. That would be really disturbing. Knock on wood for that. Yeah. Um, hold on. Knocking on wood. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, that's like one of the things where we clearly don't look like that when we go yeah. to a scene and we're not in suits. Um, the detectives the other, are in yeah, suits. Yeah, the detectives are in suits. So brass is actually pretty accurate yeah. when it comes to it. Um, but the other thing is that we don't have guns. 
Right. At least for us, like at least um, within our unit, we do not carry. Right. Other agencies, they have, they may have um, different policies or they may be allowed to, I think, um, Vegas. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely 100% sure, but it's like they are our actual other agencies where their sworn individuals are also the ones performing the investigations. So they are allowed to carry. Yeah. Um, You will not find us at a scene with guns. We're not going to be kicking down doors. We're not arresting (laughs) anyone. We are not doing the interview yeah. With the suspect, because yeah. most of the time we're we're back in the lab processing yeah. the evidence that we've mm-hmm. collected. I mean, you know. I do have to say though, the one thing that I am able to carry because I went through the training is pepper spray. Mm. Oh hell no, still no. I'm actually afraid to pull that out of the box still, <laughs> nope. in fear that I will accidentally spray it, even though I know I would be careful. That is definitely something I don't want to experience again. So knowing me, I would end up spraying it and I would either spray it in my face (laughs) or I would spray it and a gust of wind would blow in my direction and then it would still get in my face. Well, okay. So when I went through the training, that's exactly what um, the individual said when like he was prepping us and everything to get ready for the spray. He said, the reason that we want you to go through this training, if you want to use this is because when you do spray this at um, an individual who is coming at you, if a wind, if a gust of wind does come at you, oh, yeah. you know what to expect. Yeah, and I mean the burning and the um, inflammatory effect isn't going to be as strong, but your respiratory system most will probably close up for a brief couple seconds, and you won't be able to breathe. Your eyes are going to itch; they're going to burn. Yeah. it's not going to be to the same extent as when <laughs> you get sprayed in the face, and then you're told open your eyes and breathe, and then yeah, you can't. <laughs> no, that that no. See, like no. No. Yeah. Uh, when they asked me, like, oh, do you want to, you know, go do pepper spray? I was like, hell no. I'm yeah. not fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, I still don't know why I did it. But now, whenever I get shampoo in my eye, I can't complain. Right. Or soap in my eye, I can't complain. Right. I'm like, I felt worse pain than this. Yeah. No, seriously. I can get through it. <laughs> yeah. Just breathe. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway. That's something that I'm actually allowed to carry. Um, but I did have to go through some training for that. And yeah, um, yeah, that was that was kind of brutal. But as far as being able to carry, that's something that we um, do not do. And right. Yeah, we that's cannot do. Yeah, because we're we're not sworn, and that's only be, that's um, that's part of our department. Like it's very separated, and and the roles of um, sworn versus civilian staff, uh, it's very separated and it's very delineated. So. You know, for us in the lab, like all we do, all our duties are are to go to a scene and process. So we're we're civilian staff, so we don't carry guns. We don't get to go in, and you know, we're not first responders. We don't kick down doors. Like we're I said. also not the head investigator, like the right. head detective. Yeah. we're there to assist. Yeah, like if to... anything, we're there to supplement the yeah. um, investigator and the detectives case because we're one piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Um, sometimes we play a bigger role when, you know, the agency that contacts us doesn't have the resources and we have to, you know, take on that role of um, thinking like a lead investigator would, but ultimately it still goes to the detective. Yeah. Um, another misconception is that we will always be able to find that one print or that one hair. Oh my God. That one fiber. And that, yeah. like, we can always get something. Yeah. In reality, that is definitely not the case. Yeah. Um, I've had times where I've tried my hardest to get a print off of a surface, even if it's the most conducive surface. So right. for us, the most conducive surface is a smooth, clean, hard surface, such as glass, mm-hmm. like a window, or even um, on the on like the paint of a car, like the door of a car. Right. As long as that paint isn't oxidized. Yeah. Um, or the window, if it's yeah. as long as it's not like super dirty or dusty. Yeah, but then as you know, as Jess just said, like dirt can actually interfere with that. So there's all these different factors that can interfere with a print even being left. So. We try our hardest, but sometimes some things just might not yeah. come up. Well, it's it's also interesting because there's like it's such a um, 
I feel like there's such a dichotomy when it comes to that because there are times when you're looking at something like it's, it could be like a glass bottle or, mm-hmm. or, or an aluminum soda can, right? And you're like, oh my God, there's got to be a print yeah. on this somewhere. Yeah. And there's like nothing. There's mm-hmm. everything's smudged. Everything's, you know, there's like condensation and you can see like the, the condensation, um, residue on the outside of it. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself like, what the heck, man? Like this yeah. should be the perfect surface. Yeah. Yet like you'll get this freaking, you know, dirty window screen and <laughs> you know, that's half rusted and you get this print and it's like, Oh yeah. Like well, the, what the hell? like the frame of like a window screen. Yeah. Sometimes that just blows my mind because right. I'm like, this is so dusty and so dirty. Like at one of the cases, um, or uh, residents that I had responded to back in August, I was like, this thing is dirty. Yeah. Nope. I lifted two prints off of it. Right. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. And then, you know, like, and then a, a recently, um, I also responded to process a vehicle and this vehicle, it had a light layer of dirt on it or dust on it, but there was nothing. Yeah. And you know, the victim, um, when I was talking to them, they had informed me that, um, the individuals that had touched the vehicle yeah. um, were not wearing gloves. Yeah. So, you know, that's just another factor is the actual condition of the individual's hands. Right. So it's like if your hands are extremely dry or for some reason, like, your ridges aren't raised yeah. enough, like, you're not like a print will not be left. Yeah. Like, um, like I don't leave good prints because my hands are so dry because I'm constantly like washing my hands and, you know, I switch out gloves and I'm constantly like wiping my hands down. So I have, I have really dry hands. So that's like another factor of why, you know, you may not leave print. So, Mm -hmm. um, the misconception that you see in television shows is that there's always going to be a print left. Anytime anybody touches something, anytime somebody walks through a room, there's going to be a print left. There's a hair that got left. That one fiber on this super clean white carpet. Okay. First off, who has super clean white carpet? Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. I vacuum a lot, but you know, but like, you, you know, I vacuum it, a lot. I do. I, I have, I'm such it's a, it's okay. The freak. house is really clean though. I know it is. <laughs> it's refreshing. It's nice to come home to that. Right. Woosa. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. But, but it's true though. You know, like there's that whole misconception. Like my favorite still to this day is when Nick lifts the beautiful print off of a rock. And we're yeah. talking just like a broken up, like it's granite, like a paver. Yeah. It's, it's, the worst rock ever. Yeah. And he lifts this print. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, and then um, Jess, why don't you oh, yeah. why don't you say your and favorite then, quote from Warwick? Oh yeah. So <laughs> season two, I believe it was episode one. I think the episode is Burked. And he says, I can lift a print off of air. I'm like, excuse me. No, you no. can't. No, you can't. I'm sorry. No. That's no. just no. No. That's <laughs> that's just like, no. that's just wrong. Yeah, it's and that's like that's where you know that's where things become exaggerated and and you mm-hmm. know the the general um, perception is like oh you can get a print off of anything or you can find trace off of anything because yeah. it's highly exaggerated for television purposes and and I yeah. get it like trust me I watch these things and I I loved CSI when I was growing up. Um, it's funny going back yeah. and watching it now and being and really understanding because we, after our trainings that we've gone through, now we're just like, no, 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 that's wrong. What are you doing? You can't do that. There's been multiple times where we've, um, yeah, there's a lot of yelling at the TV. TV. (laughs) But yeah, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of those things where it's like, oh, and you know, this is a whirl. It's not a whirl. It's, it's an arch. That's that's clearly an arch. Like, well, come on guys. One thing that I've started doing is when I'm out and I'm, you know, processing a residence or I'm processing a vehicle and I'm talking to the victim, um, and they're, they're watching me because they're general, they're, you know, like genuinely interested in what I'm doing. And they're always like, I've never seen this happen before. Like, how do you do this? So I kind of give like a mini lesson about, okay, well, my powder that I'm going to apply will adhere to a moi- the moisture that's left from um, an individual's finger, like right. when it's um, yeah. touched when it touches the surface. Yeah, and then I continue to talk about how um, there's different factors that influence. So I I'm trying to just educate the public 
Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, of like Unfortunately, what, it's one victim at a time, but Hey, that makes that's something, you know. I just I I don't want them to have false hopes, you know, and right. then the other thing that we um also have experienced is they ask us what the timeline oh, yeah. is. And the timeline is not 45 minutes. Minus commercial breaks. <laughs> so it's not one hour, you know, it's yeah. not, it's not what, whatever time frame that they think, they think everything is going to be solved in a couple weeks or a month. And it's, that's not it. And, yeah. and, but that's just because of the, ca- the, the workload, the caseload that each right. detective has, but, but also because of at least in our, um, department, quality assurance measures. Right. You know, we have to go through so many tech reviews mm-hmm. or so many, um, you know, just like the different reports and how it all comes together for an investigation for yeah. that one detective. It's like there's the initial report. There's our report when we go out there to to process the scene. There's the report when we go back to uh, of analyzing the print, if the print is even of uh, of value to yeah. be analyzed. And, you know, all of those reports, they take time. And then on top of that, there's... Um, the like our accreditation standards require that we do technical review and admin review of each report. So sometimes, you know, it takes a while because we're fixing things and making sure that there are no errors and everything mm-hmm. that we report is accurate. Otherwise we'd be falsely reporting yeah. data and that's not we don't want a report to go out with inaccurate information. Exactly. And, you know, so then by the time our reports go out, it goes to the detectives like general time frame from beginning to end uh about a year a year and a half would yeah. you say you mean like end as in like to, going to trial to going to trial yeah going yeah. to trial you know but like for reports it all depends like you know a comparison case for at least for me you know i have ca- i have evidence that comes across my desk and sometimes it was lifted 2 months ago sometimes it was lifted like a couple weeks ago it just depends on how it gets distributed. And then, you know, even then it's like, how many latent lifts do I have to examine and to compare? How many subjects do I have? So there's so many factors that go in. It's not just like a one and done, you know, like a it's, it's not that a computer does it. Like we have us human individuals doing this. Yeah. So that's like another thing that, you know, a lot of times you see on TV, they just upload a print that just happens to be a full, <laughs> beautiful, clean roadmap print. It's a lie. Where, yeah, where you can see every ridge, every detail. There's yeah. no distortion. It and gets it hits uploaded to and, one person. Yeah. And it automatically hits and it gives you their name, your their DMV info, like where yeah. they live, what they look like. Like no. Yeah. No. Like <laughs> let's stop right there. Yeah, you know, like we have, you know, we have um, our APHIS people that are trained in APHIS and they're the ones that, you know, they mark up the print, they throw it into APHIS and then it, APHIS does its thing and then, you know, a list of candidates comes out. But it's us human individuals, us like latent print examiners that are the ones that actually make that identification right. or make that exclusion. We're the ones right. that make that overall conclusion it's not a computer yeah it's not like csi when i want to say her name is ellie i think that's wrong i think i'm thinking of westworld (laughs) she looks like an ellie but she like comes and she's like it's a match and it's like but did you do the comparison no she said aphis it's a match no that's wrong that's just the candidate yeah (laughs) isn't i think ellie is on ncis i don't know i think that's ncis there's definitely an ellie in westworld okay i think so no elsie Oh, Elsie. Okay, my friend's dog name is Ellie. <laughs> well, there Elsie, is, Ellie, whatever. There's an Ellie on NCIS, and don't get me wrong, I love that show. Yeah, but, um, and that's the thing is like we love these shows, and because it it kind of just like it's nostalgic for us. Oh, it totally. Brings it it brings us back to like where our passion started, and but it's we have a completely different view when we watch yeah. it this time, like this time around, and we're like that's so wrong, and it's comical. But it also frustrates you because we are on the end where, you know, the public has this view of like, well, this is how it happens. Yeah. And Um, it's like, no, this is not how it happens. Yeah. And the thing is, so we were just recently at um, a conference and we'll cover all of the fun stuff with that later. But the DA that gave the keynote, I believe in the yes. beginning. Yes, yes. She was the one that mentioned how the CSI effect can also 
be positive right? Um, when it comes to choosing a jury or coming to a verdict or something, right? Yeah. Am, am I mistaken? Yeah, or? and and that does play it, um, an if, uh, a role, especially because now when juries are selected and like and people are on juries, there is an expectation that there is that cases have more forensic evidence, have more, mm-hmm. there's DNA, there's fingerprints. And the forensic evidence has weight. Yeah, and there and it's strong forensic evidence. Like, I recently testified on a case, and um, unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of forensic evidence. There was some, but not a whole lot. And, yeah. you know, one of the, some of the feedback afterwards was that because there was such a lack of um, forensic evidence that the, the jury didn't feel confident in uh in where basically where the trial was going. Yeah. And so, you know, that was that you can definitely see that that's something that's changed over the years with the all these shows and people being more aware of it, which is which is a good thing. Yeah. You know, it's a good thing that people are aware of what's going on and, you know, there is a need for transparency, but it's also there there also needs to be an um education when it comes yes. to when it comes to forensics, otherwise you're expecting the whole world <laughs> when, you know, half of it is You're not expecting real. us to do magic, but the thing is, our magic that we can perform is limited. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I had one of um, the case, or one of my cases that I handled, I had gone out and the victim was telling me, Everything that they took. Right. She was like, they took this, they took this, they took this. And I was like, okay, well, did they touch anything? Yeah, they took this and they took this. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, um, I can't process anything that's not here. Right. <laughs> like, I can't print I'm it. I'm not a magician. Not I can't bring it back. I don't know who the suspect, like, we don't, have, like, the investigator has no idea who the suspect is, like, so they can't even go and even try to retrieve, like, retrieve yeah. the stolen material. So... I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's like, that's why we're there. We're there to see if there's um, something that they left somewhere else. Like, you know, you can't process what you don't have. Yeah. Right? It's, it sounds very basic, but, you know, it's something that you have to also remind people is that you, you can't, you can only do so much. Like, we're human. We're not magicians. You know, <laughs> I'm not a sorcerer. Although. Witchcraft. It is magic. When you make an invisible print appear. Oh my God, it's amazing. With powder. I remember my first, and then even a comparison, I was like, that's magic. Right? It It is is pretty pretty awesome. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty cool. Like when you get it and you see it and it's like, yes, I got it. And you know that whatever it is that, that it had to be from the person who touched it. You're like, yes, that's that's such a good feeling. my, My assist that I went out and I did. Yeah. And I ended up lifting some friction ridge detail from the bottom of this like wavy handle. And I was lucky enough to actually get to do my comparison on it. And it was, it was such a good feeling to like sit there and I worked on this print and I looked at it and I was able to make my identification. Yeah. But I mean, like you even know, like getting a print off a door handle is hit or miss. Oh yeah. So I was like, I was so excited because, you know, I had already been, I already had fingerprint powder all over me from processing (laughs) the house, you know, like the other residents that I was at. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm all right, here it goes. This is like the only thing I'm going to print at this location. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. And I was able to get it. So I was extremely happy. Yeah. It makes Um, you like, it's a, such a satisfying feeling because it's, you know, that, 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 item that you just processed and that print that you lifted was from the suspect. Yeah. And it's like, yes, I got you. Yes, exactly. Um, that's kind of cool. But like, let's move on to like our expectations versus reality for us. Yeah. You know, like when we started, it's a good segue because like a lot of these misconceptions that are out there that are floating around in, in, you know, the, in the universe are also conceptions that I feel like, you know, we all had when we oh, first yeah. started. Like, I know I certainly did. Like, oh. I, I had no idea what the fuck we did. You know? I Yeah, I had no idea. I, you know, I thought I was coming into this job just going to be a CSI. Yeah. And then I was told, oh, hey, by the way, you're doing latent prints. I was like, but I hate fingerprints. Right. And now I actually love them. I think yeah. they're beautiful. And... 
people get annoyed with me when I start making prints all over wine glasses and looking at them. Oh my God, them. I know, right? I, it's so bad. Like I, I do that every time. Like I touch something, I'm like, oh, look at that. You do that with tire marks too or footprints. Oh yeah. Oh I, my god, so bad. Like, uh, can we just recall oh, like this weekend when we were out and you're like, oh, that's such a good um, shoe impression. Shoe impression. Oh, yeah. look at these tire marks. I'm like, I know. I'm so bad. I would totally cast that. Yeah. It's okay. I do the same thing with fingerprints. I'm like, yeah, I'd lift that. Right. <laughs> I'd compare that. Right. No, but that's like, that's, I don't know. Maybe it's just because like I always had, I had such like a hard time with one-to-ones like doing impression um, photography that because I, I had such a hard time with it, I, I practiced it a lot. And now yeah. it's like, and now it's like something that's always in the forefront of my mind when I see a shoe impression. Like if I step in <laughs> dirt or if like I see like a tire track, I just like, I, I have to stop and stare at it. It's, it's, it's like, kind of equivalent to the, yeah, I'd tap that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it. I had to put it out there. Yeah. Because... Like, I just look at fingerprints. I'm like, yeah, that's a good juicy fingerprint. <laughs> right? <laughs> or like, it, it's this. Hashtag peach emoji. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something like weirdly satisfying. Like when you see something that's like, oh my God, that's well, you beautiful. Know it'd be good ev- yeah. Right? You're like, you know, this is going to be good. You know, this is going to be of evidentiary value. Right? Which Even like, if it's just yeah. like a shoe print, like just out while you're on a hike. <laughs> yeah. Like I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's a beautiful print. Like, or that's a, that's a great shoe impression. Like you can see the, you can see the pattern, you can see everything. And it's like, that would be amazing. You know, it's like, because those are things that we rarely encounter in, yeah. in our, in casework. And I think oh, that's, and then like when you do encounter it in casework, oh, oh my gosh. Like the print, the one from the bottom of the door. Yeah. I was like, the, I was looking at it and I, I was looking at it under my loop and I was like, this detail, man. Right. So good. Yeah. Like when that happens, it's like, you know, the heavens parted and like that ray of light comes down. The doves are like, oh, the stars have aligned. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Seriously. But um, yeah, that was definitely one of the misconceptions I had. It's like, you know, going out in the field and actually doing this work. It's yeah. Very rarely do you ever get clean evidence. Yeah. You know, like sometimes you do, but sometimes it's just everything's kind of muddy. Like, yeah. Shoe prints are half there and yeah. tire impressions are rolled over, prints are overlaid. It's never exactly clean, you know? Or can we even talk about like just like when we first started and we were doing um, our property crimes, like I would come back some days and I'm like, I didn't get anything. I didn't yeah. lift anything. And I was just like, oh my God. Like right? I, and you, I felt like I wasn't doing my job even though I was working my hardest out in the field to get right. something. Yeah. Um, but you also have to remember, like, if the print's not there, you can't make it appear. Exactly. But I, that was my misconception that yeah. I had was that evidence will, I will always be able to get something. But as soon as, you know, all my, <laughs> my no prints my, that I got from, you know, all the cases that I would like or my calls that I'd go out to, that brought me back down to reality real quick. Yeah. It's, you know, when you, it's really when you start doing it, when you start doing the actual work mm-hmm. that you start to realize like, wow, reality is definitely not like television, yeah. you know? And what's crazy to me is, and it's just, it always makes me laugh when, you know, on TV, it's like, oh, they're out there for like one or two hours and then they're back. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. That's really cute. It takes me one or two hours just to get like my first set of photos done. Yeah. Exactly. So like the time frame, oh, you yeah. know, of even just like for completing a crime scene yeah. is... Exact. It's, it, it's extremely exaggerated yeah. on TV. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I kind of expected that they would take a lot, like crime scenes would take a while to do. But, you know, like you've come home after like 12 hours, 14 yeah. hours. I don't know. 18 so hours. many hours. Umpteen hours. Yeah. <laughs> like so many hours that you start to forget what day it is, yeah. you know, like, because you start on, on like, like one, one of the scenes that I had, I started, I got called at like five o'clock at night, 5 PM. And I didn't finish and I didn't get home until like four in the morning the following day. And then like, I slept for like a couple hours, got up, went to work. Yeah. And I literally thought like three days had passed yeah. <laughs> because of like the weird time frame. Well, there was that other one where it's like, <laughs> I remember we were going to bed and you were like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. And it was like seven thirty. Yeah. And then 
I'm like getting ready for, I'm like laying in my bed. It's like eight o'clock. And then I hear you outside of my room. And I was like, oh, I think she got a call. And it was like eight o'clock. And I was like, dude, she literally laid down for 30 minutes. And then yeah. you were out all night. Cause I don't know if you, I don't think you came home. I think I met you at work. Yeah. And I brought you like food and stuff. Yeah, you did. But I was just like, <laughs> it's just, that's the reality of it. Like yeah. you can go. And then, you know, like recently we kind of briefly mentioned it in um, the first episode, but our one coworker that was like out for 30, she was doing something for 36 hours, whether it was like she was at one scene, oh went to God, another scene, and then she was like at the lab. Oh my yeah. gosh. You I know? mean, there's, there've been times when I'm like, literally, you know, I get up at six o'clock in the morning, go to work, do my regular shift, come home, get called, go back to work, go, go do my call. I don't even go to sleep. I just go, you know, yeah. go back to the, back to work. And so it's like literally 36 hours before I get to go home and go back to go to sleep. And I'm like, and then I wake up the next day and I literally feel like I've lost a week and it's like, where are we? <laughs> what day, what is, day it? is it? <laughs> Who am I? Yeah, exactly. What's happening right now? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely been eye opening oh, yeah. since starting. And now, you know, I have so much appreciation for everybody that has done this before me yeah. and every other agency that does this. Right. And the other thing too that, you know, um, that I was kind of expecting was that all agencies were kind of on the same page when it comes to policies or procedures right? or even just like, you know, how their units are handled. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's and some similarities, but every some, but it's agency like it, is different. It just, it blows my mind, you know. Um, I don't know. It's just, I, I you hear about like agencies out in other states where they're like, yeah, you know, like this was um, our hiring process or there's only, there's only a couple of us yeah. that do all of this. And I'm like, wait, so you're on call all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, so... I think that's another thing is some people think that we're that our um, we're on call like twenty four seven three sixty five. Right. Oh, there God, there no. are <laughs> there are agencies that do have that and like bless their souls, bless their hearts, like buy them a drink when they're not on call, which it'll be never. Right. But you know, like it's just that it's that rough. was mind blowing. You know, like when we go and we we converse and we communicate, like we talk with these other people from different agencies. Like to hear their side is was not it was not what I was expecting. Yeah. I kind of thought everybody was on the same page. And then there's even the difference between those labs that are accredited right. versus the labs that aren't. Or even it's just like even how people do comparisons yeah. um, or process scenes. It's not it's not um, stagnant across the board. It's yeah, actually it's not the same. Yeah. Everything's it's like completely. I mean it's. There's definitely standards and guidelines yeah. that every lab follows and yes. they're similar, but you know, when it comes to policy and procedure, it's by the department. And yeah. if you're accredited, of course there's more standardization and you have to follow the rules and regulations set forth by ISO or, you know, whatever accreditation body that covers your lab. But you know, it's, it varies. And that's what's, what was eye opening was that there's, there's a lot of variation, especially in the way casework is handled and how people are on call and all that stuff. So, yeah. you know, I didn't know what it was going to be like to be on call. Like mm -hmm. I really thought like I was always, I was going to be on call all the time. Yeah. And like now that I am on call and I'm on call for certain weeks, I'm so glad that I'm not on call all the time Yeah, because I literally would go insane. Yeah. That well, is so much work. Well, let's, let's backtrack. So, did you expect our training program to be this ex extensive? Oh, no. No. I thought yeah. it was only going to be a few months. Yeah. It and was I, a year. Well, you, yeah. For you, it was a year. For me, it was like 10 months. I don't even know. I mean, I finished Starting pretty... October, finished in July. We finished pretty quick. Yeah. Like 10 months to a year. Yeah. But, you know, we kind of were... We were the quick ones in our groups. Right. But, you know... Like as far as comparisons, like learning fingerprint comparisons, I was not expecting the extensive background that I had to learn. Oh, yeah. Like I totally did not anticipate having to know the science behind fingerprints. Right. And being able to 
defend that on the stand or having yeah. to be able to defend that on the stand. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a science nerd, so learning about the biology and how fingerprints are permanent and unique and really understanding that just makes me happy inside. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was not expecting that. And I definitely thought that being able to train my eye wasn't going to take as long and yeah. I didn't really believe in it. Like everybody that has been in the department was like, don't worry, like you're going to, your eye will get used to it. You're going to train your eye to see the detail. You're going to train right. your eye to do all of this. And I was like, Psh, yeah, right. Like, and then I was like, oh, okay, well it'll happen. Well now I'm looking at prints and I think back to when we just started like actually looking at, um, you know, like the like form blindness sheets and like mm-hmm. all of the stuff with like just our beginning fingerprints. Yeah. And it was all, a, it all kind of just like looked like a blur to me, but right. now I can actually separate those individual details and those individual lines yeah. and really pay attention to the subtle differences, whether it's a ridge count or just the way that a ridge kind of curves or it right. straightens out and it flattens out or it has a little notch in it like I can actually see that yeah um I definitely was not expecting it to be that long and I wasn't expecting you know the like the my eye to become that trained and that sharp right um but the reality of it is, is like the more you stare at prints the better you the get. better you get yeah I mean it's like any any science any discipline any sort of technical work, like the more you do it, the better you get at it. It's the same with, um, with CSI, like processing major crime scenes. Like, you know, I knew that photography was important. I knew that being able to multitask and think on your feet and have critical thinking skills, like these are, I feel like attributes that everyone should have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't realize how difficult it would be to actually apply all of it at the same time. Yeah. You know, like, Doing photography, I love it, and luckily I have um, a background in it. Like I know your goals. Yeah, Uh, I love your photos. (laughs) They could they work. Let's just think back to my photos this weekend. Your photos are great. Your photos are they're definitely work in progress. Yeah, but they're they're, you could definitely see the progression in your photos. Um, My um. Definitely, I still have a long way to go with my photography, but you know, it's because I have, um, I kind of worked on that skill before, and mm-hmm. like everything that I that I know about photography is self taught, but yeah. it's because I I learned, like it wasn't as difficult transitioning into crime scene photography from more of a artistic side, yeah. but also like realize, you know, learning the different things that you need to know how to do, like for example, take one to one photos in being able, like, what it really means to, you know, be at 50 millimeter and using, um, you know, being on raw, like, remembering all the settings that you have to have for... Ugh, and having to think on your feet and do it because yeah. each scene is different. Yeah, and... Each condition is different. Yeah, and, like, your, your like, the surface on which the, the print is, like, a shoe impression or a tire impression or even a fingerprint, like, it's all going to be different. It could be on a hill. It could be on a sidewalk. It could be on a driveway. Like, you have to be able to figure out how to use your tripod and, you know, maneuver mm-hmm. your camera in a way that, um, you know, you get it perfectly square and parallel. And, you know, it's all, like, all the little technical details I didn't think was going to be that hard. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, like, we talk about the difference between that artistic aspect of photography and crime scene right our duty for like taking crime scene photos is to just show what the scene looked like show you know like to show the true appearance right and to do our best to depict it as accurately as possible like i'm not trying to do rule of thirds (laughs) or leading lines in a crime scene photo although don't get me wrong when when i have the time and after i've done all my technical (laughs) photos i will try to take a glamour shot (laughs) oops i don't know how this got on there (laughs) i will try to like do kind of like a pretty shot like you know where the like the placard and i like the one you have of the patrol cars Oh, yeah. Like, I love doing patrol cars for some yeah. reason with, like, the lights on. It just something about having the lights on with the with patrol cars is, yeah. I don't know. I Sometimes just, you can get a good artistic one. Like, there's, yeah. the, there's the one that's in the hallway at the lab. Um, it's the one of the guy's palm. Oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. With the blood. But, yeah. like, the way that the photograph was taken was, like, 
the blood kind of accentuated the ridges. Yeah. And so you could you could see the ridge see detail. The detail. And yeah. he had this beautiful looping formation. I know most of you are like, what the fuck is a looping formation? <laughs> Anyways, there was a looping formation in his palm. And it's like, it's the coolest thing ever because if as an examiner, you could take that and yeah. you can do you can do a comparison. a comparison off of it. Yeah, like if if there and was it's like a, that's what blows my mind too. Like yeah. talk it talk, let's talk about expectations versus reality. Right. I wouldn't think that anything like that could be done where it's like you take a photo of some guy's hand and you can use that for yeah. a comparison. Well, there was like, one what? one of my cases where um I was told that I just I happened to take the snapshot while of um of the decedent's hand. And it was a very quick shot because I was just trying to sh- show, you know, the hand. And um, the one of my coworkers was like, hey, you know, if you actually had thrown up an L scale, and I know you didn't have time for this because of the circumstances. And he was like, if you had actually thrown, thrown an L scale on there, we could have made that one-to-one and that would have been usable to for identification. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. It's like, it's the little things that... Mind blown. Yeah. But it's like, it's those like little things like you would have never expected. Yeah. Like I didn't think that was possible. So like that's on the con, like the other side of it where, you know, it's like, I didn't think we could do that. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, we can do that. Yeah. That's cool. There's a lot of cool stuff that yeah. we can do. And I think that's also kind of mind blowing and, you know, expectations versus reality. Like, right. I was like, Psh, that's only stuff seen on TV. Like, no, we no, really we can do, do that. Yeah. Some, some cool stuff. Right. Um, like our... Our, our van that we oh have. yeah like scanners like 3d scanners like i didn't know to that, create a scene yeah. to, to like it looks like that. a freaking video game like it's that's cool crazy yeah i mean i don't know how long it takes to uh, do it just depends on the size um, of the scene but it's pretty cool i mean yeah it's a freaking 3d scanner and it's it scans like the time in the entire scene mm-hmm. I, I mean i don't know how it works i just i just know that it looks freaking awesome when yeah. it's done and it's like holy crap we can do that yeah yeah we can do that that's awesome yeah that's pretty legit (laughs) so i mean there's there's so many things where i just feel like you know until you actually get into this field and you really start getting deep into it Mm -hmm. you don't quite realize the depth of of what the well number one the limitations are but also like what you can do with with the technologies that we have Mm -hmm. so you know it's don't get me wrong csi like bring it all the way back like csi and all the tv shows they're cool and uh, and whatnot but our job is so much cooler it is we're the real csi way way cooler you know and of course there's a lot of government bureaucracy we are uh, um government entities and so therefore we have to follow the rules and regulations of whatever department or county Mm. city policing agency um and we are we do have constraints from the the local government and so that could be budgetary sometimes it could be policy it's sometimes things take a long time but you know ultimately i think what we do is pretty freaking cool and it's way better than in real life than it is on tv well another quickly another like expectation versus reality can we just talk about the hiring process? Oh, Lord. This is also to kind of tie into the first episode for those of you that are interested in getting into the forensics field. Like, I think we briefly mentioned it. I mean, I, it took me a year and like eight months or a year and yeah. 10 months or something. So it doesn't happen right away. Yeah. Um, there's so many different factors that play into it. How long your background investigations is going to be. Some people, it's four months. Some people, it's six months. Some people, it's eight. Some people, it's 10. It really just depends. Right. And then, you know, like in my case, my medical got stuck on a doctor's desk for three months. Yeah, they I could have it. been hired three months prior, but, you know, that didn't happen. So, you know, like you you may get frustrated with thinking this should be happening now or I thought the hiring process was going to take a lot. It was going to be a lot shorter. I thought I would, you know, have this job by now or I thought I'd be at this stage by now. Um, No, that's not how the county works. That's not how agencies work. It just depends on their personnel. It just depends on the, you know, like the department, the agency, like, yeah, like it's, it's every city, every county, every um, state, federal job is different, and yeah. based on what um, requirements it's are like application there, due. yeah, three months later, 
you are accepted to the written exam. Right. Three like, months later. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> You're now put on a list for interviews. Yeah. Three months later. Yeah. <laughs> congratulations. Your interview will be within one month. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Just, yeah. You know, it's like it. It doesn't matter. Like all agents, at least for all the agencies that I applied to. Oh, yeah. It takes a long time. It takes forever. So it's yeah. like it's not something that happens within a couple weeks, a month, a couple months. Yeah. So like the thing is like don't expect to go into a testing situation and or even a hiring interview and, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, we want to offer you the job and be hired within the like and start within the next week. Like that just means you're going through backgrounds next. Right. <laughs> when they offer you the job yes. because that's like they're OK and that's, to look at you. And that is a conditional offer of acceptance. <laughs> yeah. not even, that's not guaranteed because exactly. you can still drop out during backgrounds, whether it's something in your past, uh, you know, past drug use yeah. or um, whatever. Like if you have bad credit domestic can, violence yeah like, well i think domestic find, violence will just dq you automatically yeah but like people lie about stuff yeah that's true you know and that's yeah. like okay they're like uh actually yeah it's you, like, mm, no <laughs> we found that you have three alternate ids you want to explain that yeah like what is this felony that's on your record <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so there's all these little things these all these little factors um and then don't forget that you have to go through a medical Oh, yeah. Um, depending on the agency, you might have to take a polygraph. Yeah, exactly. Uh, depending on the position, you might have to take a polygraph. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I hate polygraphs. That was like the most nerve wracking thing ever. Oh, my God. But, you know, it's like it all takes time. So, like, it seems like, you know, maybe on TV, it's like it just happens so quickly. Yeah. But it really doesn't. It takes a long time. Yeah. You know, so the point of that is don't get... Don't get disturbed. Don't get discouraged. Sorry. I, I swear. Disturbed. I just, yeah. It was a disturbing. It process. was disturbing. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. Um, but yeah, so, you know, there are a lot of things out there. You know, there's expectations that the public has of us, expectations that we even had coming into this job and the reality of it all. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still have expectations of what things should be and like, you know, how things should should work. And it's like, nope. Yeah. That's not how it is. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, sometimes I'm thinking, I look at a print and I'm just like, yeah, I got this. I got this. And then I'm just like, what the? Yeah. And I, you know, oh, you know, like I was working on one of your cases, actually. Um, this is, I think, when I was like still in training and I was like practicing some stuff. But I totally thought like, you know, when I, when you go through training, you learn about like the different shapes of friction ridge skin right. and how that can help you with your search. Well, this print that I was evaluating, it had characteristics that were extremely similar to that of a finger. Extremely similar. No, it belonged to a palm. Yeah. I later made that. I, I was so close to excluding it. And then I was like, okay, what did my trainer say? Before you exclude anything, you go through Every piece of the mm -hmm. exemplar, I don't care if you know that it's not from that part of a hand or right. whatever. Um, and then I found and I made the identification. And it happened two times to me. <laughs> Both I thought they were fingers and they were palms. You know, so it's like we have our own expectations and then reality slaps us in the face. I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it sometimes is. Sometimes, it, sometimes reality is like it's a, it's a hard check and it's like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you know, like you gotta have to you have to be, you know, extremely thorough and check everything mm -hmm. because it's always the thing that you least expect it to be. Ugh. That's what it's going to be. Yep. You know, it's like, you're like, it can't possibly be that thing. Exactly. It is that thing. And that was the other thing too. Like I was, you know, I was, I expected to have, to have to have an open mind. Well, right. still, oh, yeah, you, you know, my mind, the open mindedness was not open enough in right. certain cases. Like right. I've had to go to, other individual, like, or one of my um, colleagues, and I was like, hey, you know, like, how would you orient this? Right. And she was, like, looking at it, and she had oriented it, this print a different way, and I was like, oh, my God. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to search this way. And the, the crazy thing was is her orientation was a slightly different angle of what I was originally searching. Right. And the first freaking print I go to <laughs> analyze. I'm like, are you kidding me? I just looked. I was just like, son of a... <laughs> just yeah. like sat there and I was like, okay. Right. And then I made the identification and I was like, hey, I made the identification. She's like, are you serious? I'm like, yes. So thank you for helping me. Yeah. So 
no, it's like, it's the same thing with, with CSI. You're like, that can't possibly be it. Oh, that is but it. But it is it. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, then. Yeah. You know, and it's just like all these things come together and you're like, oh, well, yeah, I guess that does happen. Yeah. It, you yeah. know, it's like one of the, it, it's the most bizarre thing that you could possibly think of. And, you know, you're like, that could never be it. That could never be it. So I guess That's expect it. the, the unexpected. unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. Expect to get your mind blown at every single scene. But every that's case the best that you do. this job. Yeah. It's never the same. It's never the same. Yeah. That's what makes it fun. It does. It really does. Everything is exciting. Yeah. Fingerprints are exciting. Um, crime scene investigation. Crime scene investigation. Just being able to see, you know, something all the way through. Yeah. Is pretty cool. It's just nice to be able to lend a voice to the evidence that we have. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like it's there and it wants to tell a story. It wants to say something. And We speak for the evidence. Yeah, and we're able to provide it with a voice. Exactly. And, you know, help it tell a story. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have any feedback, please let us know. Um, you guys can email us at thelscalepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, again, that's the L scale podcast, all one word at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on Instagram, on the Instagram. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> the same thing. It's the L scale podcast. Go ahead and DM us, leave us a comment. Also hit that uh, follow button. So, and sus- <clears throat> subscribe because yes. we are now officially, officially on Apple iTunes. On iTunes. So go to Apple iTunes, your podcast, uh, and hit that. Uh, the L scale. And the L scale is the L dash scale podcast podcast yeah so <laughs> the l dash scale podcast on apple a cute iTunes. little logo too i know it's adorable You'll i love, love it. it yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah go ahead and subscribe to that uh leave us a comment but um if you, you know, follow if us you have on any questions too yeah feel free to you know send it to us via email send it to us on dm um, we, leave it in the comments yeah but we'll be sure to try and address it yeah asap um Let i know we have know. some we have some ideas in the works but We'll be able to throw things in there. For sure. And the more you guys get involved with us, the more we're, you know, we can do things or talk about things that you guys are interested in as well. Yeah. So let us know. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Thanks again for listening. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.